Well, I want to teach you from the word today and I want to encourage all of us, whether you've been walking with the Lord your entire life or maybe you don't know Jesus and you've never made a decision to follow him and, and yet you find yourself engaging in this church service, that this message is going to encourage all of us. And the title of today's Easter sermon is Done with the Hiding. Done with the Hiding. You know, I was writing this message and I was thinking about hiding and probably the most significant moment of hiding I could remember is when the marshals knocked on my front door with a warrant for my arrest. And at this point, I'm 21 years old and uh, I'm living in my mom's house in Lakeside, which is a, a suburb of San Diego. And I'd already been to jail twice. Obviously, I hadn't learned my lesson because I was continuing to get high and break the law and violate my probation. And so my probation officer had issued a warrant. And sure enough, one morning, there are the marshals knocking on our, my front door. And I didn't know what to do. I panicked. The house that I was in had lots of windows around it. And, and so it seemed impossible to close all of the curtains in time to properly hide from these marshals. I certainly wasn't going to answer the door. And so the only thing I could think of is that the only place in the house that was free from any windows was the bathroom that was right in the center of the house. And so I, I, uh, probably army crawled to the bathroom, probably did whatever stealth move I could think to do to get to the bathroom without the marshals peering in any of the windows. And I got into the bathroom and I shut the door and here I am a grown man hiding in the bathroom. And I sat there and listened as the marshals worked their way around the house, went around the back door, checking the back door, went around, checked the side door, checking all of the windows. And there were two distinct emotions as I was sitting in that bathroom that day. The first one was fear. Were the marshals going to get in? I was in such a panic. I didn't have time to check all the doors and all the windows to make sure they were locked. If these marshals found even one unlocked door or window, they were coming in the house and I was getting arrested that day. And so I'm sitting in the bathroom scared. But the other emotion I was feeling was shame. What had become of me? A grown man hiding in a bathroom. And in that moment, so many thoughts of who I had been. In school, I was an honor student. I was a straight-A student, graduated in the top percentile of my class. I was an all-league football player. I, was, I had been recruited to play college football with my grades and my test scores. I could have gotten into any prestigious school in the country. But yet, having gone away to school, didn't even make it through the first year of college before I dropped out and came home and just ran around the streets of San Diego, a thug for drug addicts doing awful things. And now here I was, this young man who had so much potential, and there were so many great things I could have done with my life. And instead, I'm hiding in a bathroom filled with fear and shame. I want to talk to you today about being done with the hiding. Our big picture message today, you can find in your notes we emailed the notes out to all of our KBC families, or you can find the notes in our church app, or you can find them if you're watching on our website. The notes are attached to the bottom of the video that you're watching. 
But the big picture message from our notes today is this. Experiencing the resurrected Christ brings us out of the hiding that is caused by fear and shame. Experiencing the resurrected Christ brings us out of the hiding that is caused by fear and shame. You see, in most of American culture, our culture operates on what would be called a a guilt and innocence culture, right? People are either guilty or they're innocent. And because of that culture, a lot of times in America, when we present the gospel, we, we like to use a courtroom scene, right? God is the judge and the devil is the prosecuting attorney, but Jesus is our defense attorney and Jesus declares us not guilty. But here on Kauai, we are much more impacted by Eastern culture and Asian culture. And in those cultures, it's not a guilt and innocence culture. It's an honor and shame culture. And most of the Bible was written in an honor and shame culture. And so today, rather than declaring the message that Jesus makes us not guilty, I want to declare the message that the resurrected Jesus lifts our shame. Let's talk about the difference between guilt and shame. You can see this in your notes. Guilt is the feeling of regret over a past behavior, which means that guilt for the most part is external. It's making a right or wrong judgment about our behavior. And when we don't like our behavior, we feel guilty. Shame, on the other hand, is much more powerful. Shame is the intense feeling at the core of who we are that we're not good enough, that we're inferior, that we're inadequate. So whereas guilt is external, shame is internal. It's the feelings that we have about ourselves. And so you can see a great difference in this, whereas guilt could actually have a positive side because guilt motivates us to correct our behavior. Guilt motivates us to repair the wrongs that we have done. Shame, on the other hand, causes us to want to hide. Shame doesn't motivate us to do something positive. Shame causes us to want to hide ourselves. Why? To avoid being exposed, to avoid being humiliated, to avoid that shame that's upon us, to be brought upon our family and we find ourselves hiding. I want to tell you today, guilt can come from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can make us guilty in order to correct our behavior. But shame only comes from the devil. Shame brings unconscious beliefs like, I'm a failure, I'm not important, I'm unlovable, I don't deserve to be happy, I'm a bad person. I'm defective. I'm somehow less than. Let's go back to the very beginning of the story before we get into the resurrection story. Let's go all the way back to Genesis and look at this idea of shame and fear. In Genesis 2, verse 25, this is the last verse of chapter 2. This is right after God took a rib out of Adam and made a woman and Adam woke up and saw his woman and was thrilled at the gift that God had given him and he declared that a man would leave his father and mother and this is amazing because Joseph didn't, I mean, um, Adam didn't even have a father and a mother and yet somehow this woman was so beautiful he was like, even if I did have a mom and a dad, I'd leave them and he's joined together with his wife in marriage and then in verse 25 it says this, And the man and his wife were both naked 
and were not ashamed. There was no shame in their life. The concept didn't even exist. There was nothing about who they were that they were ashamed about. Of course, right after this, the devil comes into the garden and begins to tempt Eve to disobey God. And Eve gives in to the temptation and she also draws Adam into the temptation. They both eat of the forbidden fruit. And in verse 7 of chapter 3, it says this, when they ate of the fruit, when they disobeyed God, when they committed the first sin ever known to mankind, it says, then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. The moment sin entered their lives, shame came with it. And whereas their nudity caused no shame before, there was nothing about their bodies that they were ashamed of. The moment that sin entered into their lives, they became ashamed of their bodies and they felt the need to try to cover their bodies. And isn't it true today? One of the most frightening things that we could imagine, one of the most horrifying situations we could imagine would be being naked in public for other people to see. Verse 8 then says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Adam and Eve hid themselves from God. Why? Because they were ashamed of their nakedness. They were ashamed of somebody seeing them naked, but also they were afraid of being discovered for what they had done. And so they were hiding in their shame. They were hiding in their fear. They were hiding from God. And now here we are thousands of years later, and we've all been hiding from God ever since. Because the shame causes us to hide. And here on Kauai, in our honor and shame culture, there is so much that we're hiding from because we're so afraid of being publicly shamed. We're so afraid of being shame, bringing shame upon our families. And so for that reason, we might know that a child in our family is being abused, but we won't tell anybody. We're going to hide because we're ashamed. We might be struggling in our marriage and our marriage is falling apart. But we don't tell anybody. Why? Because we're hiding in our fear and in our shame. We might be struggling financially and, and even more so in, in this time when, when so many have been laid off and so many have lost their jobs. And we might be struggling financially, but we don't ask for help. Why? Because we're ashamed and we're scared. And we're hiding. There is so much about who we are and so many things that we've done and we're hiding. I love what Craig Rochelle, a, a great pastor from the Midwest, teaches. He says, shame usually follows a pattern. It's a cycle of self-recrimination and lies that claims life after life. You see, first, we experience an intensely painful event and that pain could come because somebody inflicted it upon us or that pain could come because of our own mistakes and the wrong things that we have done. But after that painful event, second, we believe the lie that our pain and our failure is who we are, not just something that we've done. And that pain and that failure becomes our identity. 
and we experience shame. And finally, those feelings of shame trap us into thinking that we can never recover. We can never come out of hiding. And in fact, we don't deserve to recover. We don't deserve to come out of hiding. And there are so many people that are stuck in this shame cycle, hiding and not living their lives. And I want to tell you today that Jesus was shamed on the cross so that we don't have to be ashamed anymore. Jesus took it all. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus despised the shame that came upon him when he was crucified. And think about all that shame. The public shame of being identified as a criminal. Only the most heinous of criminals would die by crucifixion. And the shame that was brought upon Jesus and upon his family to publicly die the way that only criminals would die. Think about the curse of sin that he took upon himself as he was hanging upon that cross and that he became a curse and he was ashamed. Or think about what we've been talking about with nudity. I know most every picture you've ever seen of the resurrection, of the crucifixion, I know most every movie you've watched about the crucifixion shows Jesus wearing a cloth diaper while he's hanging on the cross. But the reality is the Romans didn't put cloth diapers on people when they crucified them. They stripped them completely naked and hung them naked and exposed for everybody to see. And the shame of nudity that was first experienced by Adam and Eve so many years before was now being experienced by Jesus as he hung on a cross exposed for everyone to see. And he bore all of that shame on the cross. Listen to Isaiah 53 verses 3 through 6. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. The one man who ever lived that did not sin, that he never made a mistake, that he never hurt anybody. The one man who ever lived that was so full of perfect love. And yet we despised him and we didn't honor him. And we turned our faces from him. And it goes on to say, Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Jesus hung on a cross and bore every bit of shame that mankind has ever experienced. Why? So that we don't have to anymore. So let's get to the resurrection story. If you've got your Bibles, Luke chapter 24 and starting in verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. The women had come to the tomb first thing on Sunday morning to properly embalm the body of Jesus. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. 
And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. So the women that had encountered these angels immediately ran to where the other disciples were. Where were the other disciples? They were hiding in the upper room. The same upper room that they had shared the Passover meal with Jesus just a few days before where Jesus had washed their feet and commanded them to love one another and broken bread with them and instituted the communion for them. They were in the same room, but now they were hiding just like so many of us are hiding. Why were they hiding? Because they were scared. They were afraid for their lives. If Jesus had been tortured and executed, then surely they would be tortured and executed as well. And they were afraid of what the Jews or what the Romans would do to them. And so they hid. But they were also ashamed. Think about it. The man they had left everything for. The man they had walked away from their careers and their families. They had walked away from everything to follow this man. Because they believed he was the Messiah. They believed he was going to deliver Israel. And this man had turned out to be nothing just dead in a grave. And they were ashamed. They couldn't go back to their families. They had already shamed their families. So here are the disciples hiding in the upper room, scared and ashamed, just like us. And the women show up telling them, Verse 10, now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James. Also, the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense and they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only and he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. So these women are trying to tell the apostles, the grave is empty, he is alive, he has risen, and they thought it was nonsense. We can understand, of course, that this was a male-dominated society, and the word of a woman held no merit. It held no merit in a court of law. It didn't count for testimony. And so these men did not believe the words of the women. But one of them, one of them was so stirred by their words that he got up and he ran to the tomb. Why out of these 11 apostles was Peter the one that ran to the tomb? Because Peter was the one carrying the most shame. You see, Peter, he had a weakness that many of us share. Peter suffered from foot and mouth disease. He was a passionate man. He was zealous for Jesus, but he said things all the time that got him in trouble and Jesus had to keep correcting him. But Jesus warns him that even in the moment of greatest need, Peter was going to deny him three times. And Peter said, no way. I'm going to go all the way to the end with you, Jesus. I will go to prison. I will die for you. But that night that Jesus was arrested and was suffering from an unfair trial, 
Three times people confronted Peter and said, you're from Galilee. You're one of the followers of this man. And three times Peter said, no, I don't even know him. And then Peter heard the rooster crow just like Jesus had prophesied. And the Bible says he went away into the night weeping bitterly, broken and ashamed to his very core. And so Peter who was experiencing the most shame of all of them, who wanted the lifting of his shame more than any of the others. When he heard of the resurrected Jesus, he ran out of his hiding and he ran to the tomb to see for himself. The Bible goes on to say that Jesus appeared to Peter. Jesus also appeared to two disciples as they're walking on the road to Emmaus, even as Pastor Danae shared earlier. And these two disciples, once they realized that, that they had experienced the resurrected Jesus, they went back to the upper room. And in verse 35, it says, they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. While they were telling these things, he himself, Jesus, stood in their midst and said to them, peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. They thought a ghost had showed up in the middle of the upper room. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still could not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. He had to convince them that he wasn't a ghost. And first he had to have them actually touch the holes in his hands and the holes in his feet. And when that still didn't convince them, he actually ate some physical food to prove to them that he had a physical body, that this was Jesus resurrected in physical form. He teaches them. And then in verse 50, it says this, and he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. You see what the resurrected Jesus did is he led them out of hiding. He didn't just reveal himself to them. He brought them out of the upper room that they had been hiding in and brought them out into the light of day. And he exposed them to the light of day. And I find this amazing when I think about being exposed to the light. I think about film. Now, some of you younger people watching this may have never seen actual film before because you do everything on digital cameras. But there was a day when cameras had actual physical film in it. And I know even today, there are some photographers who prefer still using film because they like the freedom of being able to take that film into a dark room and expose it to just the proper exposure that they want to get the most out of the photos that they have taken. But if that roll of film is brought out in the light and it's taken out of the camera, not in a dark room, but in the light of day, and that film is opened up and exposed to the lights, what is going to happen? Every single picture on that roll of film 
is going to be ruined and disappear. And even if afterwards you take the film into the dark room and you try to expose the film, all you're going to find is a bright yellow film, maybe a bright red film, but you're not going to be able to see the photo anymore. You see, when the film is exposed to the lights, everything disappears. And here's the thing. When you allow the resurrected Jesus to expose everything you've ever hidden, everything you've ever been ashamed of, every sin you've ever committed, and you allow the resurrected Jesus to expose it to the lights, it's all erased. It's not there anymore. You have nothing to be ashamed of anymore because that's not who you are. You're not defined by your failures. You're not defined by the worst pain that you've ever felt. You're not defined by the worst things that people have done to you, the abuse that you've suffered. You're not defined by the things that you've kept hidden in your life. You're not defined by that anymore because every bit of it has been erased when it's been exposed to the lights. And you have the freedom now to live your life, not in hiding, but with excitement and with joy. And it says afterwards that these disciples, they worship Jesus and they return to Jerusalem with great joy. And it says they were continually in the temple praising God. These very men who were hiding because they were scared and ashamed, weren't scared and ashamed anymore. Now they were living their faith out in public with no fear, no shame praising Jesus in the temple, declaring him wherever they went. So how do we respond to this on this Resurrection Sunday? We make the declaration today, I'm done with the hiding. If you're not a follower of Christ, if you've never made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, then this morning, this day, you can experience the resurrected Jesus and you can allow him to lift all of that shame off your life. You can come to understand that the blood that he shed on the cross paid the price for every sin you've ever committed and that if you would make him the leader of your life, He would make you a new person and your identity would not be in your mistakes. Your identity would not be in your pain. Your identity would be in the fact that you are a child of God. And instead of fear and shame, you would experience joy and excitement and you could come out of hiding and live the life you were meant to live. The author Denise Renner in her book, Redeemed from Shame said this, Jesus took all your shame and fear so you wouldn't have to be tormented by its wicked hold. You don't have to be tormented anymore. And if you are a follower of Christ, no longer how long you've been following him, you can actually live the life to the fullest that God has called you to. Listen to this quote, fear and shame want to keep you small. They want you to be afraid of taking risks or be ashamed when a risk doesn't work out. You have a call of God on your life. You can't afford to listen to any voice that tries to keep you small. If you're a follower of Christ today, God has great things for you to accomplish. He has great ministry for you. He has intended for you to advance his kingdom. He has intended for you to change people's lives, to touch people's hearts, to share the gospel, to lead people to salvation. There are so many great things that he wants you to do, but you can't do those when you're hiding. And I'm going to encourage you today. Stop listening to the voice of fear and shame. 
That voice has no authority in your life. Jesus has canceled that voice. You can't afford to listen to any voice that tries to keep you in hiding, that tries to keep you small. Your calling is too great. And so today, you would allow the resurrected Jesus to lift that shame off of you. And you would declare, I'm done with the hiding. I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm going to live this life of adventure, this life of faith and risk that Jesus has called me to. And I know I can't live it hiding in a room. And that means you've got to come out of hiding. And that means that some things are going to be exposed to the light. But you know what? Some things need to be exposed to the lights. Some things need to be found out. Some things need to become public. But when that happens, Jesus erases it and it doesn't define you. Come on, Jesus needs to erase some sin. And you need to come out of hiding and bring some things out into public and allow Jesus to make all things new and allow Jesus to make all things right. He's going to turn your shame into praise today. I want to pray for you and then I want us to worship together. We introduced this new song last Sunday. If you haven't heard it before, the chorus says, I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again and again. Come on, we need to declare, I am done with the hiding. You need to come out of that place of fear and shame that has kept you trapped. And it's time to run out of hiding and to run to the Father. You know, we are all on lockdown right now because of the pandemic that we're in. And, and we, we can't leave our houses freely. But I, I'm imagining a day in the near future when the lockdown is lifted and we're going to be able to gather at church again, we're going to be able to have birthday parties again, we're going to be able to have potlucks and parties on the beach again, we're going to be able to come out and be around the people we love and do all of the things we love and there's going to be such excitement and such joy when we come out of our houses and we get to go out and experience life together. Well, you know what? We can experience that same joy right now as we come out of the hiding and we allow Jesus to make us new. I'm not that same young man that was hiding in a bathroom 20 years ago. I came out of hiding, and I had to face the consequences of my actions. But I also experienced the resurrected Christ. And before where my identity was drug addict, criminal, failure, I'm not that person anymore. Today, I'm filled with joy and excitement. And today, I live the life of adventure that God has called me to. I'm not going to ever again live in a hiding place of fear and shame. So let's come out of the hiding together. Let's run to the Father. Let's fall into His arms of grace. Let's experience the, the, the resurrection power that we need. Come on, let me pray for you. And then let's worship together today. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that as this word goes out, Lord, it would stir people's hearts. For those that aren't living for you, Jesus, I pray that right now, God, this word would draw them. They would long so deeply to experience the lifting of their shame that they would be ready to surrender all that they are 
God, all that they've done, they would be willing to surrender their whole life at the foot of your cross and that Jesus, you would become the new leader of their lives. You would transform them and make them new. You, God, would wash away all of their sin and give them a fresh start in life. And I pray right now for those that do know you, Jesus, and have been walking with you. Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they would come out of hiding. Today would be the day that they're no longer scared and ashamed. Lift that shame off of all of us, I ask in Jesus' name. Set us free to live the life that you purposed for us, God. I pray for the, the, the marital problems, the financial problems, the abuse problems, all of the problems that have kept hidden because fear and shame have controlled our lives. And God, I pray that you would bring those things out into the open, uh, that true healing can happen, that true restoration can happen. Oh, that Father, Lord, your grace could work in amazing ways in our families. We run to you today, God. We run to you. We're not scared anymore, Lord. We are done with the hiding. We surrender ourselves to you. God, minister to our hearts. Minister to our hearts. Make us brand new today. Let us live the life we've been called to today. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship together and let the Holy Spirit minister to us right now.